We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Did this in my own life. Mm-hmm. Did this shit my whole life. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of VMFC coming out of San Agato Studios. It's your boys at Veterans Minimum. Lamb here, boss here. Yo, fresh off 4th of July. Oh, yeah. Which I was working, so I didn't get to celebrate. Actually, our buddy Josh hit me up and he was hanging out like by my block. So, wow. You guys hung out after? Having a few after, yeah, for a little bit. So, you know, 4th of July didn't go completely to waste. Made some OT and had a couple beers to celebrate. Hey, listen, after what I went through yesterday with the parking situation around here, which is well documented, we've mentioned many times how we feel about the parking situation around here. Uh, it was a good time. I can't say, but it did get soured for sure <laughs> with uh, what happened. But uh, anyway, it's just uh, the VM OGs here today. Alan isn't with us. No other guests. So we're going to run off uh, just our biggest takeaways from what we saw from the round of 16, man. Yeah, it's already coming to like a close. Yeah, we got the World Cup. Yeah. Just some quarterfinals, semifinals, and next week is the final. Next, next, next. Sunday is the final. Yeah. So, yeah, man, a, a lot to get through, and I don't want to waste any more time. Let's, uh, we'll go in uh, chronological order. We'll, we'll start off with the France Argentina game, which, uh, was a, uh, bouncing Betty bye for your boy. For Argentina as well. Yeah. Um, the, actually, uh, uh I slept through the first half of that because I had work. Mm-hmm. And you, we actually made plans to go to the Studio Square, which is if you're in New York, that's the place to go for any World Cup match. And I showed up and it was, I what was the score at half? It was 1-1. One, one. 
The score at half was one one, and I'm and like, then, all right, I'll, I'll be there in an Uber, yo. I'm 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 in the car coming to Studio Square. Go go go! I'm like, yo, what's going on? Yeah like, yeah. He's winning. Second half like, was Jesus. fireworks. Uh, Argentina took the lead, and you know what? It was nice to be able to celebrate with the Argentinians for packed like, with a Argentinians nice. There. Yeah yeah, it was packed. But yo, as far as this game goes, like it, all the issues Argentina had coming into the World Cup, and all the concerns you had for them, the slow back line. The aging black li- uh, back line, uh, Mascherano, could he hold up? Um, you saw it, you saw it come into play, right? Mbappe went bananas. Yo, that dash from like mid behind midfield. All yeah, the box dude, he was through. just making these runs. They couldn't hold him at all. You can even argue, you can make a strong case that I believe it was Rojo that took him down for the penalty kick. Could have been a red card. Yeah. Right? And you're talking about Argentina playing from the 10th minute with 10 people. I would have probably went underneath the table and not watched the rest of that game. <laughs> but, dude, just headaches. And the guy scored two goals, and he was the talk of the town after. Uh, Pavard scored Golazo. a goal. Yeah. Yo, it was my favorite goal. That's why Nacho was my goal yeah. the first round. Those, 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 those one-time volleys going across the grain yeah. back post. Like outside of the foot type, hook back in. A thing of beauty, man. And, uh, dude, just Argentina goes home. Um, what were your thoughts, though, on this game? Like, in your your biggest takeaway from this game, would you say? I don't know. I think France, we haven't really seen the best of them in the in the uh, group stage. And we kind of saw that three-headed monster in Griezmann and Mbappe. And as crazy as to say, Giroud, mm. you know, up top, it, it kind of worked out for them. They put in four. Maybe they found... Their fitness, like you know, their their um their what's the word I'm looking for? They found their groove, that's for sure. Yeah. So because we did have a lot of concerns with them, we were saying you know they looked kind of lackluster in the group stages. Yeah, they looked kind of lackluster in the group stages, and then from there, are we taking them serious? Like this was a team that was a top six favorite. We kept stressing about how yo someone's gonna win the World Cup. It's gonna be one of these top six for the most part, And, and, and historically. But yeah, dude, I feel like they answered a lot of the questions that you had. And then same issues with Messi, uh, Messi in Argentina. Like Messi did what he could. I'll be honest with you, as a big Messi supporter, very disappointing in his performance, both in the World Cup and in this particular game as well. Big time players make big time plays in big big situations. He didn't come through. Also, you know, you look at the bench. They had. Uh, I'm not gonna even mention Dybala. That yeah, that ship that has so many times. Yeah, but like Aguero doesn't start until doesn't get any burn, and a lot of questionable decisions from San Paoli, who's getting a lot of heat now. I don't know what his future holds, with Argentina, but yeah, man, they they ran into a juggernaut, and France was the France that everyone expected. Yeah, four three was the score, but it was really a game where it kind of looked and felt like four one. It could have been even worse too. So. Let's uh, move on over to that same day, Uruguay-Portugal. What, what were your thoughts on this game? I don't know. We saw Uruguay. I, I was looking ahead to the, the next game, Uruguay-Belgium. I mean, not Uruguay-Belgium, Uruguay-France. And like we, I don't know if we saw, or maybe that is Uruguay. Like They got ahead real early on that Cavani golazo with the header. And they kind of packed it in and let Portugal you know, hold the possession and bring it to them. And then Portugal tied it up one one off the corner set mm-hmm. piece, and then they came right back and answered, and then did the same thing. So I don't know. It was interesting. It was kind of like a game of I guess mix and match with uh, Uruguay. Like we're just gonna defend. If you want to, you know, 
put the pressure on us. We already got our goal one to the well. So I don't know what we saw. Ronaldo was kind of, I thought, disappointing, kind of missing in action that game. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Uruguay's through it. And they, I think they've looked like the strongest side so far in this World Cup. Yeah, look, I mean, especially defensively, I believe they've given up just that one goal. Yeah, I think that up was until. Yeah, them and Brazil are the only two teams to concede just one or less. So, yeah, dude, the, the biggest concern was anytime a guy gets subbed off and he's in tears, like you saw Ronaldo helping Cavani off the yeah, sideline. was a very nice. He's uh, questionable, too. Yeah. And with that calf, calf strain, I think it is. Yeah, and you got to wonder what's his status going to be for this game because, dude, if you have Suarez and Cavani up top, that's probably the best forward combination at the World Cup, right? They're going to give you a chance. And you saw Cavani took two shots, scored two goals. Yeah. That's just what it means to be a world-class finisher. The second one was beautiful, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's sort of like uh, my creative player in FIFA. You know what I'm saying? Inside (laughs) the 18, capitalize on chances. But, uh, yeah, you know, the star power has kind of faded on that particular day, that that last Saturday with uh, both Messi and Ronaldo going home on the same day. I know I was looking forward to a potential matchup of a Messi-Ronaldo in the next round. Lo and behold, we got the other two teams to win. But uh, we'll get back to that matchup in the quarters. But let's move on over to, would you say the biggest upset of the World Cup so far? Or would you say Germany not making it out the group is a bigger upset? And I'm talking about Spain <laughs> losing on penalty kicks to the home nation, Russia. Shit. You could go either way. I'd probably go Spain losing to Russia. I Yo, for some reason, I've... I talked to. I think I mentioned that we kind of skipped this game. We're like, haha, like Spain, Russia. We don't even need to talk about that. Yeah, we got some and backlash. What happened. We got uh, we got a couple funny tweets. That like, yo, you guys just breeze past this game. Uh, yeah. It's yeah. like, yeah, sure, but to be fair, so that everyone else, everyone thought right, that this right. would be a game. And look, Spain. I gotta say, uh, we've been making fun of our. Well, yesterday at the barbecue, I was making fun of Marco, our buddy Marco, who's a, he's from Spain. I was like, yeah, yeah, look at Spain. Five For every 500 passes, one shot on target. And it's like, look, they won a Euro Cup and a World Cup, and they've played some tremendous soccer the last decade with this little tic-tac, one-two, ball possession, 75-25 dominance of the ball. But, dude, in the end of the day, you got to take shots, man. Yeah. And, and they don't shoot. They really want to – they literally – their ideal goal is – I'm going to get a tap-in inside the six-yard box. Yeah. Like, yo, let them rip, dude. You see Croatia. You see Denmark. These teams are outside the 18. Sweden. Bang. Sweden scored Sweden a goal. Sweden, too. To but, yo, just taking shots and a lot of funky shit can happen. David De Gea gave up a a, a, a give-me goal against Ronaldo from a shot from yeah. outside the You know, so just take shots. And, and, look, maybe Russia is better than what we expected. I, I'm still not buying them. No, I'm not buying them either. But I think they got, like, some energy behind them being the host country. I mentioned that to Marco and I think some others. Where I was like, yo, I wouldn't necessarily put Russia as an easy out against Spain. Like, they're the host. They got energy. The whole country is behind them and shit like that. So, it only takes one break and to you just park the bus. I guess, especially, like you said, against a Spain team that doesn't take many shots. Spain never fell behind, but... You know, it eventually caught up to them, them not shooting the ball and penalty. Penalties are crapshoot, so anyone going yeah. to penalties. It's not like, you know what I'm saying? Oh, so we're going to penalties. We're chilling. Nah, it's, it's so, never like that. So this is my stance on penalty kicks. 
number one, it's the most gut wrenching way to lose a sporting. Uh, I've game. lost the championship in high school through penalties. Like you know, I, I had a a friend of mine tweeted at me. I, I forgot who it was, but it was like, "Yo, game one of the finals is like the worst way to." I'm like, sure, but I'm talking about consistently. Yeah, like a buzzer beater from half court, uh, walk off home run. You know, Carlos Beltran striking out. Like, nah, dude, losing penalties. on penalties because. You always see it. You see more times than not the best players miss the penalties because of the pressure that's on them. And also teams like Russia, when they get into extra time, they're like, yo, F it. Let's just park the bus like you said. Let's flip a coin and hope for the best come penalties. And lo and behold, that's what happened. And there's no like, you know, I've been, I played soccer. You played soccer growing up. All these years thinking about it, I don't think there's a resolution to avoid penalties because if you look at it, like even through 90 minutes, some guys run like nine miles. If you, they go to yeah, the track, yeah, it's yeah. like, dude, this guy's ran, ran nine miles. You wonder why why he stayed down when he got hurt. He could be resting. Is like people say, "Oh, get up!" Like he didn't even get touched. Like, nah, dude. Like this dude's it's probably gas. It's also the cramping too. You saw right. Kyle Walker in the England England Columbia game. He was grabbing his calf the whole time. He, he like three four times throughout the game, especially in extra time. Yeah. There was one time where they had no more substitutions, and this guy is literally limping on the field bad. Like, yeah. if they were on a counterattack, he was not going to be able to do anything. That's, but the cramping adds up, yeah. People who don't watch soccer don't realize that penalties, you know, that's that's maybe the only good resolution to solving a tied game. Because once you play 120 minutes, you've been running around. Yeah. By that time, how many miles have you covered in so long without stopping, without getting water for mm-hmm. 50 minutes? You're probably dehydrated. A lot point. of heavy legs yeah. stepping up to take that penalty. So, and look, I mean, it sucks. Like, penalties are shitty, but yeah. there's no, I don't think there's any resolution to it. And look, we can both talk from experience. No matter how many times you practice penalties, when you go up there, it's 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 50-50, I think. Yeah, I've pissed my pants taking a penalty. Yeah. Dude. Yo, the worst part is the walk from half. To, oh, yeah. Yo, the longest walk of your life. Oh, yeah. And especially depending on where you are taking it, like maybe you need to make this to keep it going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This could you miss you go home like there's so much added pressure. But yeah, dude, Spain, I'm going to go with Spain losing to Russia. Yeah. As a bigger upset, because look, they were minus 600 in this game too, bringing the Vegas odds on over. You know, I was just like to go that. through that. Is right. just, just to advance in this game. Right. Right. It, it was higher than what Germany was to get out the group. And look, I understand that the host nation, uh, a funny a funny f- tidbit that they were saying that Spain is now 0-3 against the host nation in World Cups. That's weird. I wish you would have knew that before. Maybe we could have made some money, brother. I don't even know what to attribute that to. Yeah. Like that's just, I feel like that's just an odd coincidence. Yeah, yeah right. But yeah, look, three times. It has to, it has to be nah, something. Yeah. Uh, Croatia goes through on penalty kicks against Denmark. Uh, our buddy Alan, talking to him yesterday at the barbecue, said that he was like saying, God, please, God, please in Croatian with every penalty kick. <laughs> I can only imagine him, uh, especially what he went through with the Falcons. I remember being there with him uh, for that Super Bowl. But, dude, as far as this game, like this is another game where I think Denmark was the inferior side to Croatia. But hot goalie, man, Casper Sumichel. Dude was a beast. Yeah, and he was. I remember hitting you guys up in the group chat with all our friends and saying how, look, this guy is a top goalie. He's a top 10 goalie in the world. He just plays on Leicester City. Right. Right. He should be on a Bayern, on a Juventus, on a Liverpool, which, you know, Alan and I agreed would be a fantastic signing for them, especially with how Carius and right. uh, 
Magnolay, I think his name is. I know I butchered that, but p- p- people that follow know who that is. But look, Croatia prevailed too. Modric missed a penalty in extra time as well, which could have been a red card too. A little questionable. I saw someone tweet. Uh, they said Rakitic came back to the the huddle before penalties. He's like, yo, this dude Modric saved us so many times. Like, it's our time to save him now. And, you know, the Danish goalie made, I think, two saves in penalties. So, that was a good shootout, too. I must say, too, for the penalties that have been taken, I feel like no one's missed dramatically, which I feel like is always, a, you know, the worst-case scenario. Oh, like don't a, hit the net. You, you remember Zaza in the Euro Cup against Germany? The yeah. Italian dude who I don't think has played for Italy since. <laughs> just comes up, starts laughing at Neuer, and puts it literally like 27 rows yeah, up. that's hard. I'm going to put a video on Veterans Minimum Twitter. About that Zaza penalty. You guys need to see it if you haven't because it's absolutely absurd how how off he is. But yeah, man, Croatia goes through. Uh, look, Croatia, their path to a World Cup final is something they would sign up for. You know, we'll break down the bracket after. Yeah. But another wacky game too, like two goals inside five minutes, and you're like, okay, like what do we have? What's going on? And there's the rest of this game right is away, it wide start. open or not? And then the, and then you don't see any goals for a hundred. 15 minutes about so until you got to penalties yeah. but look that also is a you know she michael kept them in the game the way tim howard kept usa in that game against belgium in 2014 right in the knockout round of 16 exact same same scenario howard had 14 saves and honestly 11 of them were world-class saves it was absurd but that's what a good good and hot goalie could do for you in a tournament like this you know you're a hockey fan we're hockey fans yeah. we've We've seen it where a hot goal, we keep saying it, a hot goalie could take it to the top. in the game, too, yeah. So, yeah, that's what you got there with Croatia and Denmark. All right, let's go on to the Monday slate of games. Two very wacky games, I would say. Brazil, 2-0 victory over Mexico. Um, Neymar has been getting a lot, a lot of heat for rolling on the ground. It's something I made note of wanting to ask you how, how do you feel about the some of the heat that Neymar is getting and and just in general like do you think the, the I saw flopping, the Wall Street Journal tweet about it today. yeah they were tweeting like yo they did a study and it's always his right ankle he's grabbing and shit like that like, yo, you guys well are, to be fair he his, does have that that issue he that's just came the off foot surgery, that right? he yeah he broke yeah. that foot so rightfully so right but it was, I was like you Wall Street Journal looking way too far into this but uh no nah, I mean I don't really have an issue. He stepped on his foot. Right? Yeah. I don't know how hard he stepped on it. It didn't look like it was that hard. But, but you know, dude, you've been you s- do what you do to get an advantage. And if that would have warranted a red card, you're like, dude, this guy's a genius. Yeah. But, yo, you've also played soccer. When you get stepped on with the metal, metal studs and there's no padding protecting your foot. Nah. That shit is there's like. nothing from like ankle down. It's like three sheets of loose leaf. There's not a lot of padding. Yeah. It hurts. Also, full weight. Like, that's like, dude, sitting around 180 pounds straight yeah. on your ankle. Also, it hurts getting kicked in the legs. Like, even right now, the boss is sitting across from me. If I was to just kick you, not even with all my might, just like a tab, you'd be like, oh. You yeah, know, like, it catch you by surprise. You know what I'm saying? And, and look, you, it, it, it's the nature of soccer. You got to try to get an advantage. It's the, the nature of sports, right? Why do players flop in the NBA? Why do players flop anywhere? Why do players in the NFL, when they get held, become so excessive with throwing their arms up like oh ref you know so that's just part of the game but as far as this game goes is brazil the one with the bullseye on their back you think that it's their tournament to lose i think uh i mean they're facing a belgium team you know what it is 
I won't, I won't get too much into it because we're going to cover the quarterfinals. But yeah, to answer that question, I'd say so. Like you'd say I they're your they're favorite right now? Favorite, yeah. yeah I mean, they you. have the one superstar left in the tournament, like Messi, Ronaldo, Neymar. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, they're definitely... And, and Neymar's been getting hacked. And, and now this that we just talked about, the the um, the step in, uh, the guy gets stepping on him and him staying down. So they have a lot of, you know, coverage towards them. All the eyes are on them. So yeah, I'd say so. Ochoa had eight saves from Mexico. He's Ochoa another goalie out, who, who really kept them in the game also. And, yo, they dominated possession. If you're a possession mark, uh, 55% of the possession Mexico had. And I just felt like they didn't have any chances that really wowed you. Like, they dominated possession. They had flashes where guys were streaking down the left. Carlos Vela on one side. Uh, Lozado on the other side. And... But nothing crazy, you know? Like, it was just like, oh, they got by one or two defenders, and then they play the ball back. So, sure, it might have looked flashy or whatnot. But, yeah, Brazil ended up prevailing, I believe. Uh, did Neymar bury one? Yeah, yeah early, Neymar right after scored, half. and then uh, Firmino, who, by the way, uh, Gabriel Jesus, I think going forward, you need to maybe play Firmino, man. Firmino on that goal, right place, right time. Firmino came off the bench, right? Yeah, and he yeah. scored almost immediately. But he's just better in the air. He's bigger in the air. They look better. They have a target man up front. This is a guy that scored like almost 30 goals for Liverpool. So yeah. saying something. He knows where to be. Like, yeah, like that yeah. goal he scored was yeah. mostly Neymar. It was a mistake on the Mexican defense. But Neymar broke through. Right place, right, right time. Yeah, man. right place, right time. Back well, post and for easy tapping. Once again, me and FIFA just just <laughs> get all these garbage goals right there to be. Right time. All right. This is the wildest game of the round of 16. Would you agree? This next one, Belgium, Japan. It was definitely one I didn't expect to see the Belgium side down two goals kind at of a any point. Kind of a snooze fest in the first half. Nothing, nothing too exciting. And then... You look up and it's it's two zero Belgium. You're like, what the hell? And then you know, uh, Japan two zero Japan. Yeah, um, I wanted to say two zero deficit for, right, for Belgium, right. but yeah, Japan is up two nothing. They're looking good. Their players are making noise. You start wondering if uh, Roberto Martinez has made terrible decisions with, you know, company starting was kind of a head scratch. A lot of people were surprised by it. Uh, was Lukaku fit? You started coming up with all these excuses. Once again, Belgium chokes in a big spot, you know, whatnot. Um, and then, lo and behold, man, world-class player is just taking over. KVB, the two, I, honestly, and I'm not a Fellaini guy, Fellaini, him and Chadley, when they came in, changed the entire dynamic of that game. Yeah. And Fellaini even looked good against England. He started, yes. that was the one game, I think that was his first minute to the World Cup. Yeah. So I guess he impressed enough to, you know, warrant the sub late in the game. Yeah, and look, both guys scored, right? Falani scores in the 74th, and then Chadley scores the game winner in, in the 94th. And even the, the first goal that Vertogen scores for Belgium was kind of like, it's one of those plays where the ball comes back post, and you kind of just play it. It looked like he was playing it back in for, for like, another chance kind of yeah. thing. It just, like, trickled in back post. So, look. This is going to be a fun matchup, Belgium-Brazil. But a lot of issues, man. Now you're looking at Neymars and Coutinho's of the world yeah, coming yeah. streaking down on that back line. That's only three people in the back because they have so much offensive talent, Belgium. They want to get all their guys up on the field. They're doing what Argentina should have done, where it's like, yo, we're just going to throw our best offensive guys out there. And look, Hazard is really feeding off that successful campaign he had with Chelsea and you're seeing that now in the World Cup but 
Yeah, man. This was a game that was... It was a fun second half, for sure. You know, all five goals in the second half. Yeah, not for someone who had the under. Was it one and a half or two? Yeah, but, not uh, for someone that had the under. I don't know. It was wide open. Like Bel- like you said, Belgium, to play such open football against the Japan side, sure, you can get away with it because you're probably the superior talented team. You could come back. You can overcome a 2 nothing deficit. I don't know if that's going to work against a Brazil side coming yeah. back from down 2-0. So, definitely, still, like we said, Belgium... They played Tunisia. They played England to get through. And Panama. And Panama. So, and then Japan. Probably, the, the aside from Russia, Spain, it yeah. was another heavy favorite you thought would go through with yeah. these. And, you know, it's the thing that we were, I, I was tweeting about with our, with our buddy Serge, how, yo, Belgium, get it together, man, because you're going to step on this field on Friday, and you're going to see that yellow from Brazil, those beautiful jerseys, and then it's going to get real. Shit's going to get real. Yeah, and you can't fall behind like you're saying to nothing because then they'll start doing that ball possession shit and, and then and then it's a wrap. You get that ole behind you, bedtime. All right, let's get let's get into the last two games. Uh, I'll be honest with you, Sweden Switzerland, I slept through. Is there anything from this game you'd want to tell me? Nah, because it mean, wasn't a game that was getting me excited. Look, Fox they didn't even have that. They threw that on the B channel FS1, bad. kind of bodied them. But uh, dude, maybe we gotta take Sweden seriously. They not—they're the team that kept out Italy from the World Cup. You know, they played them in the play-in game, and then they were the reasons why well, they were the winner of the group that featured Germany. So maybe we gotta take Sweden serious. Yeah, I mean, they looked okay. They scored. You know, it—it it wasn't an own goal because it was a shout-out target, but it would have been a roller right to the keeper. And then I don't know Shakiri on the on the right side. You know they always say he only has a left foot, and like he was pissing me off because like I know you're, you're you're not Iron Robin, so it can't be always left left. Like mm-hmm. there was times where he could have went down on his right, but he cut it back to his left. And I was like, dude, but he did play some good service for a chance to tie it up, but it never happened. I don't know Sweden. They looked okay. They're one of those teams that that seems complacent when playing a zero zero game through the 90th minute so we'll see what happens against england it was a pretty cool moment uh svensson from sweden actually plays for the sounders so it was nice to see a guy from the mls getting a big time spot you know so that was pretty cool i, was, yeah. I, was and I think it was lawless or someone where they were like yo nobody talks about the sweden team like they always talking about ties to zlatan and the team probably like is playing with that chip on their shoulder, like, like yo, yeah, this dude, Slatan hasn't been around for years. Yeah, and they they don't know, he don't know what we're about, and then the world doesn't know what we're about without him. So let's play our game, let's ball, and now we're we're heading into the quarters. So good for them. Yeah, dude, for sure. This is they're they're I would say they're playing with house money because Mexico and uh, Germany were the clear heavy favorites to come out that group. So hats off to them. Uh, yeah, and they're the only team alive from that group now. Yeah, England, Colombia. Which could have been on WrestleMania 13 with how many <laughs> fouls and just wild shit that was going on in this yeah, one. It was a little out of control. Uh, thoughts, thoughts on this game. Thoughts on the officiating. Who, by the way, the official, the official Geiger from New Jersey, an American referee. Oh, that's my brother's last name. I, any thoughts? <laughs> nah, nah. Uh, dude, am I crazy for thinking, or am I being a homer because he's American? I thought he officiated that game relatively well for how hostile it was how into it the players got with one another being able to keep everything under control for the most part look a lot of a lot of cards a lot of questionable calls but he did play it fair on both sides there were some times where he let fair play stop 
he let flair, fair play continue for both sides. So, you know, this was a game that was just very rugged. I kept telling you guys in the VM chat, I'll be very surprised if this game ends with 22 people on the field because yeah. it felt like, yo, someone's getting sent off. Right. Nah, I thought he did a phenomenal job. As a ref, it's hard to keep control in those games because, like, the Harry Kane penalty off Falcao was wilding in his face. Like, dude. He did well not to give him a yellow card in that situation. Like, he was up in his face disrespecting him the whole time. But, yeah, I'm not. He kept it together. I mean, the game was kind of – it was very chippy, but it was never extreme. Like, you didn't see anything crazy. And I think that was – you can accredit that to the ref, you know, keeping it in order. Would you would you think about, uh, you know, both goals came off set pieces, essentially. Harry yeah, Kane, the penalty kick, and then uh, Mina, once again, off well, a corner. Also. It's like, dude, he's the one guy that's scoring for Columbia off set pieces. Could we maybe put, hey, Stones, could we get you on there, buddy? Yeah. Come on, lad. Yeah, dude, that was a golazo, too. There's no stopping that. Dude, buried it right into the ground. Yeah. And the dude on the post had no chance. Yeah. Like, he flicked it into his own net. Dude, like, anytime a ball skips off the ground and gets some momentum behind it, yeah, it's good night. But um, I don't know. I I still think that penalty was iffy as a defender. Like, mm-hmm. I played defender my whole life growing up, so... Even you know as as going forward, or I know too, I was I was forward on set pieces, but there's always a lot of holding. And sure, he was on his back a little bit, but he was just like it. It seemed like to me that Harry Kane had like stopped his stride, so he like fell over him. Yeah, and like that caused the penalty. And I don't think he was getting to that anyway because it was behind them. Yo, so that's so what that kind of like bothered me a little bit. I would have been like, dude, like yeah. So that's that had what no out, you know effect on the play. That's what I'm saying, man. For you to reward a penalty on that, it literally needs to be. I get past the defender, right, and boss is to my right, and I play off a ball to you, and then you with the wide open net get hugged to the ground, where yeah. it's like that's a tap in. For you to decide that a cross coming in. Sure, the guy is riding him. I don't know, man. I feel like that's a that's a questionable. Yeah, decision, I mean, a lot man. of people on TV were like, "Yo, it's a good call." Like that's an obvious penalty, but I didn't see it because we all know how much grabbing of the jerseys gets done in the box, how much hugging gets done in uh, the box. It's one guys of those, can't even get off their feet because they're being grabbed. It's like, one of those things how we talk about offensive linemen in football. They hold every single play. Yeah. Some of that doesn't get caught. Some some of it does. Yeah. And to give a penalty in a 0-0 game in, like, right out of half where I thought it was well-balanced, even though there were a lot of fouls, there was no, you know, it was kind of like 50-50 to me at that point. And I was, I was like, damn, like, that's the breakthrough, a penalty, a, a kind of weak penalty call. England goes through on penalty kicks, exercise their demons. They've been knocked out. The Them, Spain, and Italy have been knocked out by penalty kicks in World Cup history the most of any nation. Fun story and... You know, practice makes perfect. Since March, Southgate, the manager, has been drilling in their head to take penalties, and they've been simulating that in practice, right? To the point where they're even telling the goalkeepers where they're going with the ball to make it that much more difficult. Yeah. And they're doing the entire walkthrough to their, they're playing the scenarios like, yo, Dyer, you're up. We're, we need this, or penalties is done. Sterling, you're up. You make this, we win. So he's putting in these little pieces and these little added storylines within every penalty kick in practice. That's great. We used to do that in high school. I know. I, well, my sophomore year, we lost the chip. And senior year, I got bounced in the quarterfinals on penalties. So after every practice, like grueling practice, we do penalties. And if you miss, like, you just go to the locker room and change. Like, you know, have a good night, whatever. We'll see you tomorrow. But you, whoever, like, kept making the penalties would just stay out there. until, And, so, and that's how you kind of 
put together your top five if that was ever the case, you know, down the road. And that's how we did it. So good for England, man. I, I kind of fuck with that. You know, you never know when penalties will come into effect, especially in a big tournament like this where you have teams like Sweden who will, is willing to pack it in and play mm. for penalties. You have teams like Russia still alive. Yeah. Who you And both on your side of the region, yeah. especially for England, who are willing to play a 0-0 game or a 1-1 game and take it to penalties. So I, I like that. Good for England. Quarterfinals start tomorrow um, or today, depending on when you hear it. We'll start off with Uruguay against France. Boss, um, what are you looking forward to in this game? I kind of want to see Godin and Jimenez. Mm. The two center backs for Uruguay who have done a phenomenal job this tournament. Like we said, they only conceded one time against the Mbappes, the Griezmanns, mm. you know, the Giroud. So I want to see how their defense will hold up. They they held up pretty well against Portugal till they broke on that the corner. So they haven't given up any other goals besides and that was a set piece. Yeah. So I want to see if they can create space. I know Godin, I think, came out. He was like, yo, we just want to make it hard for them. Obviously, you know, no tight windows, everything, pressure, pressure, pressure. Make them play through the outside, nothing through the middle, and that's that. So that's what I'm looking forward to the most, how France is going to go forward against this Uruguay defense. Man, I really hope Cavani plays because I Cavani think that too. if Cavani plays and he's fit, which it's going to be hard because of what the injury is, um, you're looking at a very, very good game. I think Cavani being out potentially is a big blow, dude. Like we said, he's him and Suarez up top. I would, you know, if I'm doing a rankings, power rankings of – Center forward pairings, I'd pick them. I can't think of another one in the World Cup remaining or in the World Cup coming into it. All right, these are guys that scored 30 plus goals for club side, one for PSG, one for Barcelona this season. Yeah, these dudes have been around the block. Yeah, these guys are grizzled vets and they know how to score goals. Like we said about Cavani before as well, two chances, two goals for him. So I think that this is. If if Mbappe and France are going to look the way they did, that explosive against arguably the best defense in the World Cup remaining, it's going to be a battle of uh, two strengths. So let's see which strength is going to prevail. And Godin and Griezmann both play together. On yeah, Atletico. on Atletico. So. Which, by the way, I always look forward to when they're doing the handshakes. You can tell what guys play for the same club. <laughs> yeah, but, like yeah. They show each other a little extra love. So that's pretty cool. What you got in this game, though? I, I'm taking Uruguay. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, I think they... Get back to that semifinal they got to in 2010 when they were kind of like a surprise before Lon. So I'm going to Uruguay here. All right. How about this? I know you're a betting man. I know you won't say no. You want to do a little uh, friendly wager? You're going France. I'm going France. Yeah. I'm going France, I think, 2-0. Wow. Okay. And uh, I I think France gets a goal. And then late in the second half. opens up. Uruguay opens up. They want to get one, want to get one. They get hit with a counterattack because, especially against France, man, you don't want, want to get hit with a counterattack. Open field. Yeah, yeah, so we'll go. Uh, let's go with one uh, Goose Island. I know both of us like some Goose Island. All right. We'll do that. Just to go through whoever goes through. Whoever goes Penalties through. Penalties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. We're not going to worry about the 90 minutes. All right. This is the game of the weekend, without a doubt. Yeah, and both these games are on the same day, which yeah. is like. Yeah, the, the two best games are on the same Friday, day. Friday, yeah. I know Allen, our buddy Allen, would say that the best game is on saturday <laughs> he tweeted that actually. Yeah. yeah but we'll get to that so brazil versus belgium man oh man oh man the talent on this field dude offensively especially yeah you can, i mean pick of the litter pick of the litter you know yeah. so i think what this is belgium good morning you're stepping onto this field now and it's not panama it's not japan despite you being down it's not tunisia it's not a England side with nothing to play for. Right. This is why England, I believed, 
was smarter in how they approached that last game against Belgium because the initial game out of the group stages against Colombia would have been more difficult. Your road is easier if you're England now. If you were to tell England that, like, yo, you need to get through Croatia, Russia, or Sweden to make the World Cup. Final, yeah. You saw how those English dudes celebrated on those goals. They'd lose their shit and be like, sign me up, right? Belgium now has to go through Brazil, a France, and a Uruguay. So... Dude, let's see this golden generation of Belgium. Hazard, KVB, Carrasco, Lukaku, Mertens. Let's see yeah, now. This the is big, where, this they where the big boys last play. Last time, too. Yeah. Last World Cup. So, can Roberto Martinez, like we said, overcome, you know, get to that next step? That semifinal or that final? So, I, I don't know. Question I, Is the winner of this game hoisting the Mundial? I don't know. I think we save that for next game. Okay. The semifinal. Oh, okay. Yeah, Like yeah. Uruguay, France versus yeah. Brazil, Belgium. That's more of like, this is like two semis and then the final. Yeah. Because I think both or all four sides are like, you know, they warrant the respect to be a World Cup contender. Oh, yeah, for sure. Without a doubt. But uh, that back line for uh, Belgium is going to get tested. That's yeah. another thing. That's my biggest X factor, man, in this game. They're going to get tested, and they need to be on their toes because Neymar, Coutinho have been... I think Coutinho is my pick for the golden ball right now. I think he's played the best. He's been the most consistent guy of all the players in the World Cup. And you know what? Modric, too. I'll show him some love. Um, I but, think... Yeah, go ahead. But, yeah, I'm 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 going with that. That back line better be ready. Company, you better be ready. Brazil uh, has some suspensions, too, right? I think Fernandino, they were talking about starting. I forgot... For is it for uh, Casemiro? Yeah, Casemiro. I think my or yeah. Miranda. I think my. I think it's Miranda. Casemiro. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I mean, look, Fernandinho is no slouch. The holding midfielder for Man City, and we've talked about the success that they had this past uh, campaign. Boss, who are you going? Who are you going with? I'm gonna go with Brazil. I'm gonna go with Brazil too, man. I, I think it might get ugly too. Yeah, but I'm gonna go two nothing. Two nothing. Yo, so I have a feeling that it might get ugly also. I'm glad that you mentioned that. I don't know. Like, Belgium hasn't showed me anything. And then when they faced adversity in a winner-go-home game, they kind of look suspect against, like we said, the Japan side. And there's no coming back. I'm sorry, from 2 nothing against Brazil. Yeah, because... So if you want to play open, here comes Neymar, here comes Coutinho, here comes Firmino, the other way. So I don't know. I think it has potential to get ugly. I'm going to go with Brazil as well. As much as I would like to see Belgium go through, I think that Brazil is just... I think it's their tournament to lose. Is I this think, your matchup of the weekend over at France Uruguay? Without a doubt. Yeah. Without a doubt, yeah. I had this penciled in as my game of the tournament when I filled out my bracket from the beginning. I'm like, dude, Belgium, Brazil. This is gonna be this is gonna be fun. I'm hoping it has Spain, Portugal kind of excitement right, and yeah, potential. Because yeah. it'd be great for the sport. The talent level definitely could bring it. The talent level is probably better than what it was Spain. in that Portugal yeah, Spain game. Definitely. But I'm going with Brazil as well. England versus Sweden. 10 a.m. on Saturday. Um, Looking forward to this mainly because I'm going to be in Atlantic City. I was hoping it was uh, Spain, Croatia, mm. and then England or Colombia. It didn't really matter. Colombia, you know, white pants. But, oh, yeah. Uh, Fantastic. England, Sweden, still not a, you know, no slouches. What do you think? What do you got? I think it's going to be a tight game, 0-0. We may see extra time. I think uh, Harry Kane breaks through. He was my uh, pick for the golden ball. He scored Ooh, again on the penalty yeah. kick. So he's got, I think, six now. Yeah. So, I think so too. He might be leading. 
He is. He, he is yeah. the favorite. Yeah. The only one that could catch him is Lukaku, realistically. Right. But, uh, yeah, Harry Kane, six he, goals. Yeah. He also has the easiest, you know, road to keep playing more games. Yeah. So, I think they break through late, maybe in extra time and get a 1-0 win. I'm pretty sure Sweden's going to play still that same style of play of just 70-30 possession. Let's look to answer on the counter, which their counter looks fantastic. Like, they break out and they have, like, one up the middle, like, three or four up wide. And then they just go from there. But I, I think Harry Kane will be too much. And Raheem Sterling going forward. So I think they'll break through an extra time. 1-0. England. An extra time. Nah, I think it's... Uh, <clears throat> I think it might get a little comfortable for them. I could see 2 nothing for England. Yeah? Just getting through, yeah. I think coming off penalty kicks, man, they, they silenced some of those demons of years past. Many years past. And I think now they're kind of, you know, all right. All right, boys. We got through it. We thought that penalties was gonna haunt us sweden quietly too on a roll of their own like that 3-0 mexico win you're like oh where you know how would they come out again and they come out and they get a a 1-0 victory in regulation so yeah sweden is not playing bad soccer themselves russia versus croatia last game on the slate host side russia against probably the best team in the world cup yeah them in brazil i would say uruguay too is up there uruguay even though uruguay had a weak group yeah. But, well, that's the thing. If you take everything into consideration, I think having a powerhouse enough. like an Argentina in there. Right. Um, but yeah, tell me, boss, what are your thoughts on this game? I'm still <laughs> I'm still not ready to give Russia any love, right? Because nah. I'm with you, though. I'm with you. I don't know. Like their, their group was sus. They were in the Uruguay group and they got smacked by Uruguay mm-hmm. coming out. They beat Spain, but we talked about Spain earlier in this podcast, how they play that, you know, touch it around for... 75 minutes and hope for a breakthrough i think croatia they play they have that possession game too but they have you know manzukic going forward modric going forward perisic so i think it's just going to be too much for russia at this point and russia props to them nobody saw them in the quarterfinals that's for sure no no one saw them out of the group for the most part and uh they came in as the lowest ranked team in this tournament but here they are Uh, i think it's been a good run they've been a pretty good host i'd say you know Everyone gets loud in those stadiums for their country. So I think it ends here, and I think Croatia goes through. I would say 3-1. Convincingly. Yeah. I I think Russia's time's up. I I hope Croatia Croatia comes through, gets ready to play. I know Alan was telling us, because, you know, if if people are unbiased with their team, you get a lot out of them. And he was telling me how anytime Croatia comes in as – an underdog, that's when you really want. That's when you'll really see Croatia pull through. Now, look, they were a favorite against Denmark. Had to go to PKs. They're a pretty big favorite. Minus 300 against Russia to advance. So, it's going to be interesting. But look, Rakitic and Modric alone, they'll keep you in games against any side in the world. Because if you could dominate in the midfield, you know how it is. Yeah. You could steal a lot of games. So, I'm going to go with Croatia as well. So I'm looking at Croatia, England, Brazil, France. Croatia, England, possible parlay while I'm down in AC, huh? Why not? Get frisky. Your first legal right. wager, brother. I know. My first legal well, all the other wager ones have in New been, Jersey. All the other ones have been legal as well, boss. Let's yeah. not kid ourselves. Uh, guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode of VMFC. We breezed through the round of 16 and the quarterfinals. Uh, boss. Where can they find you, brother? At Endevito27 on Twitter and Instagram. I'll probably be posting some of my plays, too, this weekend. 
Mm. Um, down in AC. So check it out. Maybe check see what props they got down there for World Cup. Oh yeah, check out some of those NFL props already down there too. I got you. Uh, at the Lamb Show on Twitter, Instagram, Twitch TV slash the Lamb Show as well. Boss and I are putting together our VMFC squad for real on OTP. We gotta iron out the details there. At Veterans Minimum, the Twitter handle for the show. At San Agato Studios, the hub where you can find all this stuff that comes out of here. Uh, Enjoy the games, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get it. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.